you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. This time around, I'm joined by Chris Templeton. Welcome, Chris. Hi, Mads. Thanks for having me. I appreciate being here. I am super excited for this conversation. I think we have a very similar mindset about management, and I'm sure this will be super interesting to listeners as well. So super excited for this. Me too. Thank you very much. So Chris, just before we get started, there's people around the world who don't yet know who you are, believe it or not. Would you mind doing a little bit of an introduction to them about how you ended up where you are right now and sort of a little bit about your background? Yeah, happily. Um, I have been uh, an entrepreneur, well, since the late 90s. And in 2003, I opened up an online marketing firm. And right at that time, um, I also was given a book by my, as she loved to call herself, my evil stepmother, who I love to death to this day, uh, called The Power of Now by a guy named Eckhart Tolle. And what I found very quickly in the early parts of the book is that we are really, really, really good at driving ourselves crazy in certain parts of our lives. And at first I kind of like, well, you know, but it's all, it's all out there. It's them. <laughs> and you keep reading, you're like, oh my God, no, that's me. And so over the last 18 years, I've been playing around with three questions and a model. And, um, and it's just never left me. Like people talk about passion. This is past a passion. It just, it, it won't leave me alone, but I just love it at the same time. And so I've created these three questions and this model, and it's all about helping people to become more self-aware of themselves. And then because it's universal in nature, then I also understand why other people are behaving the way they are and how to behave in a way that serves everybody. And, you know, I, one of the things I'm so thrilled about being on your podcast around management is we all, there's nobody that doesn't know what bad management is about, whether it's at work or with parents or, you know, whatever the case may be, bad management abounds. And it's just because we're not very aware of what we're doing and why. And this really does a fabulous job of that. It's not a belief system. It's not anything that you need to, uh, you know, a, a set of principles. It's just a simple way to understand where I am, where other people are, and how to move forward in a way that serves everybody. And and so, uh, and then just as a, as a side note, I am not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. This is all common sense. And there's nothing in here that's going to say that anybody's going to go, oh, my God, I've got to go learn about the brain or any of that jazz. But it does fit uh, all kinds of psychological and, and neuroscience uh, work. So does that work for you? <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I, uh, I mean, I both felt like a therapist and I've definitely been called a therapist on multiple occasions. Um, 
particularly when I work with managers in the corporate world, what I found out is that I, I had a I had a lot of people call me up and say, hey, you know, I have this manager, he or she used to be great, and now life is not so great. And 99% of the time, it's problems at home, right? So you do become a little bit of a therapist sometimes, but uh, but you're spot on generally, right? So. And I'm okay with that, but as long as we're not pitching ourselves as therapists, that's, I, I don't want anybody to think that, you know, I'm, I'm Dr. Templeton over here. I'm not. <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. No, no particular desire from my side as well. So, yeah. Fantastic, Chris. So um, I, I think one of the first things we, we want to talk about is, is generally good lead, leadership in general, right? I think um, the, the foundation for most entrepreneurs. I mean, reality is most people nowadays that start a business have no experience in management, right? And everyone, everyone I've met at least, generally wants to be a good manager. I mean, no one I've met goes out, wakes up in the morning and says, I want to be a bad manager today. That is typically, typically not the case. And if you are one of those people that wake up and want to be a bad person, um, <laughs> we're not well, for yeah. you, are we? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how to help you. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that that strikes me off of the top of you know why is management such a an issue? And I really feel like, and this is maybe too much of a jump, but I really feel like it's how we're parented. Like if you think about growing up as a kid, how often parents have a tendency to behave in a way that they know better than you. And and they do, but it's not so much that they 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 know better than you, it's that they think that they should just tell you how it is and expect you to step up kid and figure it out. And uh, I really feel like so much of management is that training that we had as kids that, you know, if I'm older and I'm or I'm superior than then I should be able to behave in a way that, you know, is authoritative and, and, and boy, oh boy, it's the thing that gets us into the most trouble as managers. When we think that I just need to tell my people what to do and, oh, they're such a, so difficult to work with and all, you know, all the storytelling goes along about how I need to manage my employees and we've got it all wrong, don't we? Totally. Totally. And I, so, I think I think fundamentally, like I totally agree with you with the with the childhood. I think there's a more foundational thing. I mean, one of the things I've always looked at with education, like the, the most frequent behavior we engage in as human beings is communication. And it is probably the one thing. I mean, I've met many people who have had an so-called education in, in communication. And I don't think even those people have learned anything about communication per se, right? So I, I, I see the biggest issue around being the fact that when you want to manage other people, when you want to work with other people, it's all about communication. And communication fundamentally, unfortunately, isn't being taught in any relevant good ways anywhere that I've experienced, at least. Well, on, on top of that, we don't, distinguish between communication that's effective and communication that's uh, that is harmful or uh, harmful from the standpoint of just simple harm of I don't want man I don't want to deal with you 
right? I, to, to, you know, stories of, you know, people being so blatantly mean and nasty, like there's that full range. And if we just focused on helping people to speak in a way that's authentic to who they are and and speak to the people that they're dealing with that's authentic to them there's i mean you see how much potential we just throw in the garbage can with bad communication don't you yeah. and and so that's the thing you know I, I, I fully agree. I, I just think that there's, and, and really that's, you know, that that's my goal is helping people not only to communicate with themselves internally, like, gee, what am I, what is the story I'm telling about what's going on either with me or, you know, with my employees, and then also being able to do the same thing with employees in a way that is uh, not based in fear that doesn't frame up the manager as a victim, uh, as, as frustrated and pound my employees. Oh man, if that's your story, that is not serving you and it's not serving anyone. And the funny thing about it is communication wise, when we start talking to ourselves like that about our, ourselves or our people, we start to behave really differently. And that difference in behavior becomes the basis of employees doing the same thing we as leaders it's up to us to find a way to communicate with people that is effective for everybody and not walking away feeling well i told them what to do oh baby that is not serving us at all yeah i, I think fundamentally the way i typically try and explain it is the fact that that as as people the easy thing to do is blame everyone else and the thing is if you want to be a leader there's only one thing to do, which is blame yourself. So if something is not going to plan, there's only one person responsible for that. And that is the guy in the mirror or the woman in the mirror, which is you. Now, it doesn't mean you're always wrong, but it means if something is not going the way you want it to go, you are the only person who can work on you to make it go better. Exactly. And, and so the only thing that I would say in regards to that is, first of all, yes, it's always got to be me first in the sense of I have to own my role in what's going on. And the thing that I love about the work that I've done is it helps there. I, I basically, let's just run through the questions real quick. I have three questions. What's the story I'm telling story being anything I'm thinking or visualizing about myself or the people around me, whether it's home, family or work. Is that story serving me in this moment, in this moment, not did it serve me last week, not did it serve me a lifetime ago when I was growing up? Does it serve me right now? And, and the beautiful thing about that question is, is only two answers. It's yes or no. And, and the other thing that's so lovely about this is, you know, we know. <laughs> oh, man, it's not serving me. I know it's not serving me, but I'm so stuck in, you know, how I grew up and just I just need to take charge. And, and but that doesn't serve me. And so there's this becomes this self-awareness of, oh, my gosh. I'm not talking about how mad I am, how frustrated I am, I'm not dealing with emotions in any way, which I, I think is probably a really good thing 
for a manager to be able to take off of his plate. And then the third question, is there a more authentic story that I can tell? So for a manager who wants to run around and blame his people or her people for you know, their failures or, or, or the manager's failures, man, oh man, the first thing I got to ask myself is, is this story serving me in this moment? And when you recognize that it's not, then you start to change how you behave with yourself and with other people. And all of a sudden, I start to realize that I'm moving uh, what in my model, and you can see it on other stories we tell.com. If you were to take a, a piece of eight and a half by 11 or A4 paper and turn it uh, landscape and write those three questions down the left side, top left, what's the story I'm telling, middle left, is it serving me in this moment? And then bottom left, is there a more authentic story we can tell? If you took and drew a line at question two, is this serving me in the moment? Across the line horizontally, and if the answer is no, it goes above the line and we call that little me land. This is where I'm behaving out of fear. I feel powerless. Oh my God, think about how much powerlessness uh, story goes on in managers. Ugh my people. I just don't know what to do. So uh, fear, powerlessness, victimization, helplessness, hopeless. So that's all above the line storytelling. And that's what this is exactly what the issue is in bad management is managers have a tendency to go up here, they micromanage, they don't give their people a voice, they don't help their people to have a sense of ownership in what's going on. Then you flip it and you say, okay, wait, is there a more authentic story that I can tell? Now I'm going below the line and I'm coming up with, oh, and I love this, above the line, fear. The opposite of fear is curiosity. Think about the difference of, of a manager who works above the line, micromanaging, telling people what needs to be, you know, kind of the dictator, below the line, as a manager, I get to be curious. Gee, I wonder why Jim is having a hard time today. I wonder if it's something about what's going on at work or something that's going on at home. And I wonder if there's a way for me to help to bring Jim down below the line into a place that's authentic, that he can be honest and frustrated, right? That he can be happier and more productive I still have a range of emotion below the line, but it's above the line. It's, you know, from rage to everything's perfect, but it's not. Um, and, and so when I start to see that and can come down below the line, I get to help my people come down below the line. I'm open. I'm allowing. I'm willing to listen to what people have to say and see if we can't all be better together. Man, oh man, what a different approach, isn't it? Totally, totally. And so what, like, uh, how often do you normally recommend people go through your exercise? <laughs> Whenever they're not feeling like something's right. And, and that, you know, that's the only place that, that feelings play much of a role is that typically I, you know, we talk about triggers. I'm triggered by this or I'm triggered by that. Usually it's a negative emotion and it's something that I'm not feeling like, I just don't feel like 
I'm authentic to who I really am. And for managers that are really bad and have been doing it wrong for a long time, it's going to take some time to figure it out. But the, but the idea is to simply say, anytime that I'm feeling less than genuine in who I am, man, what's the story I'm telling? Is it serving me in this moment? And if the answer is, oh yeah, it's serving me in this moment, it's not, is it? <laughs> and so just practicing those questions Whenever you're feeling a, a, another perfect one, I, I will never forget. I get up in a hotel in New York at six in the morning to catch a flight home to California. And I read this scathing email from my bookkeeper about something. And she is hot, 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 right? Now, any manager there or owner, they're usually going to automatically go up and join them in little me land. Oh, yeah? <laughs> And for some reason, I went, wait a minute, wow, how much does she care about this business, right? And I don't remember what it was. It was nothing major, but she would. And so when we start to take the time between stimulus and response, my, my favorite quote is by Viktor Frankl, a guy who was a psychiatrist in the 1900s, and he spent a tremendous amount of time in concentration, concentration camps in, uh, in Germany during World War II, saw the most horrific things anybody could imagine and some of the most graceful things, somebody saving a piece, a little piece of bread for somebody who was on the edge of dying. Through his whole experience, he was able to retain meaning. His book is Man's Search for Meaning. And my favorite quote of his is, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. And if you think about what a bad manager is doing, is there's no space between stimulus and response. They are triggered and they respond the way they grew up or you know, whatever it was, they, they respond or the way another manager treated them when they were uh, below them. And so all we're trying to do is to get people to take the time and look and go, oh, I wonder what the full story is here. Typically, we feel very victimized. Like, you know, when I read this email from my bookkeeper, I was like, I don't want to deal with this. And then saying, and, and all I did is I responded. And I said, you know what? I want to thank you so much for caring. We'll talk about it when we get, when I get home. And her response was, oh my God, thank you so much for not being upset with me and hearing what I had to say. Like those little things make all the difference. Ugh. And look at what we're dealing with Mads. Come on. I mean, now more than ever, if we don't take this approach to working with our employees as partners, as and developing their leadership skills, giving them ownership, man, oh man, there are a tremendous number of businesses around the globe that are in deep trouble because of their poor management. Yep. And, and I mean, it's the reason why I do what I do. Unfortunately, it's, you know, if, if people, if, if a manager hire a sales guy, they will invest in sales training. If they hire anything anywhere in the company, they'll invest in training, except in management. Unfortunately, very few companies invest much money into training their managers, and they're probably the ones that have the highest influence on the business. 
right? And it's uh, for for me, it's it's always unfortunate to see because it's it's and and by the way, it's the biggest companies in the world, it's the smallest companies in the world, and it's everything in between. It's I mean, obviously there is companies that do a good job, but unfortunately, literally at every level, there's companies who don't, right? And it's it's not a great thing to see and it's not a nice thing to experience because reality is so many business and so many people could be so many so much better off if it wasn't the case right well and i think that's the thing that gets missed in the in the equation that you know a a, a leader of a company uses to determine what money gets spent where like if i had an organization that lived in authentic me land across the whole organization where where managers were leaders and not just managing managing to accountability all of that stuff has to happen but if i could help my people to do that authentically can you imagine i mean you say 5x i think it's more i think if you took a business that was really suffering managerially and helped them to create authentic leadership, it's it's huge. And, and we just don't factor the value of that training into the bottom line. And you know, nobody's saying, you're not saying, hey, sacrifice your bottom line by any stretch, are you? In terms of creating better managers. No, definitely not. I mean, and, and the whole thing is like, Generally, when you hire any kind of human being, like you, you want to factor in certain kind of training, right? Because even if you hire people that are super experienced, you still want them to do the job the way your company do it and the way your processes follow and the way your, your business thinks, right? So, so there's always a cost to hiring people. But, but the fundamental for me is more about it's about the output, right? And, and I mean, most of my clients, much more than 5X from, from getting much better managers, right? Um, but, but the fundamental piece of it is more for me, the mindset. And it's the mindset of not just developing managers right now, but it's about developing them in the future as well. And the, the beautiful thing is that when you first set up a really good management system, when you first build something that's super solid, what happens is that that management education, a lot of it happens by nature, right? Because there's no better developer of managers than having good managers, right? Because when people see, when people, a lot of the time there's people who feel they lead by example and, you know, by working hundreds of hours and doing all these things. But, but unfortunately, the problem is that's not necessarily what it's about, right? And, and and those are all cultural stories about what work means, and and that's a, a, just a whole nother area of of you know examination from the standpoint of you know what are the stories that we tell culturally? Oh, you've got to work a hundred hours a week. Oh my God, how could that possibly serve the organization? You know, I mean, it, it, it in some ways you can say, oh yeah, it absolutely does, and it it there may be times that you want somebody to work or a group of people to work 100 hours uh, a week for a month to, to really get something out the door. But if we're all aligned on why we're doing it and that it's not just the way we do it, <laughs> that's a, a completely different animal, isn't it? And, and, and so recognizing 
that we have such ability to drive the experience of our employees. And if we are really good managers, we're making them really good leaders in their own right. Like you said earlier, they, they, they see what it means to be well-managed and to be led well and to be excited about coming to work and what work has to hold. No, I don't mind working 100 hours next week because we're all in this together. Whole different world, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, and fundamentally, I mean, that's what I enjoy the most is, is leadership development, right? Like when you're starting to build a team that are building future leaders, like for me, that is that is the most satisfying feeling because um, many people, many people, because they don't develop their staff properly, what happens is they constantly have to hire people from the outside. And the biggest challenge is that every time you hire people from the outside, instead of promoting from within, the people you have left see the fact that you keep hiring from the outside and they're like, well, there's no opportunities for me here. If I want to get a better job, I need to apply for a job elsewhere. So every time, like in any business, every time I have to hire people from the outside, it is most frequently because I'm not doing well as a manager. Because when I do well as a manager, I generally have people inside the company that can be promoted into those positions, right? And that's when I know I do the best job is when I can consistently fulfill new opportunities with existing staff members. And, you know, it goes back to this whole idea of how our behavior changes when we have these stories that don't serve us about what it means to be a manager. Think about that. What you're saying is management is actively crippling their ability to generate good leaders in their company and new managers because of the way they think and behave. And and then we we make it on top. We add fuel to the fire by hiring from outside. And, and you know, I, I think one of the things from my standpoint about the work that I do is being able to move past the emotion piece, like recognizing that emotion is going to trigger my awareness at some level, but then leaving that and just simply coming to, is this serving me? Is this serving my people? When I start to just practice that little piece, put a little space between stimulus and response and a little bit more, gee, I wonder what the story is that they're telling. I can imagine why, why they're so cranky. I wonder what my role could be in helping to change that. There's such a hunger for it. I mean, you've got to have seen so many people come up to you and say, thank you for giving me meaning and purpose at my job by helping my people, my leaders, my managers to to do it more authentically and in a way that serves everybody. You must see that all the time. Actually, the, the sentence I enjoy the most, and it happens all the time, but basically what happens is most of the time people come to me and they say, I don't like managing people. I don't like leading people. And that that is probably the sentence I hear the most from new clients. Yep. And they're like, can I just hire someone to do it so I don't have to deal with yep. people, all right? And my response is nowadays always the same, which is let's have a look at let's have a chat in a couple of weeks, right? Because basically when, when people go through my program, they basically go from a point of view that they, they don't like managing to a point where 
they, they they might not love it within a couple of days or a week, but they get to a point when they understand why they're doing what they're doing and when they understand how, they start appreciating it much more. And it, it's it's not different from anything else, right? Like if you've never seen, I don't know, if you've never done math before and you suddenly look at math and it looks super complex, right? Now, reality is that any new thing you do you need a basic level of knowledge because that before it starts getting fun. Like the, when you're learning a new language and you're learning the first three words, it's difficult, right? And it's, most people don't enjoy it. However, when you start getting to a point where you understand enough to start having conversations, most people enjoy that part. And, and management is a skill like anything else. When you get to know and understand how to do the basics right, you naturally start enjoying it more because when you actually start seeing results from the work you do, when you actually start seeing, you know, not just people growing, but when you start seeing, wait a minute, when I'm not working, my company grow faster than when it does when I do work. That is, I mean, that, that is amazing fulfillment. And the fact that, you, you know, when you have teams that help you do things like that, have teams that help you, just perform again and again and make you not needed in the business or make you less important. That is incredible to experience. And, and so many people I've worked with come back with the same thing and like, oh, you know, now I love doing it. Now it's all I do. I just manage people and so on. Like that transformation is epic. Epic, epic. Like, life-changing for that the manager and for the people that they work with you think about i mean i remember i worked at a, a large financial company <clears throat> 20 plus years ago and uh in a zone and and we had a, a regional guy who was just the most wonderful guy he could get mad and he'd let you know that he wasn't happy with what was going on but he did it in a way that you could hear it and that you could grow from it and know kind of what the next steps were. And you always knew that he was in your corner. And, you know, when you realize the power that you have to create meaning and passion in people's lives through good management, through being authentic in, to who you are so these people can be authentic in who they are, it is magnitudes of order difference. And you know, one of the things that's very interesting about um, what you were just saying is a big part of what I talk about is look at how you language. Look at how you language what you're saying and how you're communicating. And when you, you know, we have a tendency above the line to be very black and white, right? It's either good or it's bad. And when you come below that line into an authentic place, you know, I'm able to create more gray where I'm able to explore more options, able to look at things a little bit differently and find those ways. I mean, you made a comment earlier about, you know, how, you know, well, this is just the way that, that we do it at this company. And boy, oh boy, more than ever, that is like the last thing you want to hear out of somebody's mouth, especially a manager. That's just the way we do it. And you're like, well, I don't get it. <laughs> let's talk about it let's yeah. figure out what we can do to be better and when we are when we are above that line in little me land we just throw all of that away nah, no we're not going to deal with that 
totally. Well, Chris, super, super interesting conversation. Thank you. Any any great resources you can recommend to people? So obviously the site you mentioned already, yeah. but any other resources that you have really enjoyed throughout your career and your development? Or Yeah, uh, a, a few. Uh, first of all is um, <clears throat> the work of a woman by the name of Byron Katie. Um, and she is all about very similar. Like if I didn't have, her thing would be, my interpretation would be if I didn't have that story, what would I be thinking? And, and, you know, the bottom line is with Byron Katie, um, with Eckhart Tolle, it's all recognizing that the answers are in here and you just got to be willing to take a look. And when you start looking at that and start paying more attention to what feels right for you, what's authentic for you, things change dramatically. And, you know, all of a sudden I'm going from uh, show me meaning and purpose in my work to, oh, my God, I'm living it and I'm helping other people to do it. Um, so those are, that's one of the resources off the top. Also, just back to my thing, if you go to YouTube and you search for, oh, the stories we tell, a little blue thought bubble will come up and, oh, the stories we tell inside of it, um, please like that page for me and go look at the Honesty Project uh, playlist because I've done a ton of work with a woman who's really struggled with a lot of the things we're talking about and both personally and professionally. And it's a great way to see this work in, in practice. And that's the last thing. Please, please, as a manager, more than anything else, make your management a practice that you're always going to get better at and that you know that there's always room for improvement. When I start to look at life as practice, I give myself a whole lot of room between stimulus and response, and that serves everybody. Totally. I love it, Chris. Thank you very much. If people are eager to connect with you, what's the best way to do so? Um, you can go to ohthestorieswetell.com and you can uh, fill out a form. You can text me with my phone number. You can go to Facebook at oh, the Stories We Tell and message me there and uh, and also on Instagram. And I would love to chat with anybody about uh, how to implement this in their lives in a way that serves them and they don't have to get rid of any of their good beliefs and, and only strengthen, uh, strengthen them. <laughs> Perfect. Excellent, Chris. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks, Mads. It was a pleasure. Excellent. And to the audience, we'll be back again next week. Thank you for hanging on all the way to the end. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.